is Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases, spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, not, let's not waste any time here. We've got the uh, random album generator right in front of us here. So let's hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And the album we're going to listen to is Bob Dylan, The Freewheeling Bob Dylan. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Um, I'm pretty sure this is, uh, is this his, his first album? I think it's an early one. I can't remember if it's his first. Okay, so this is his second album. Okay, so uh um okay, so this was produced by a guy named Tom Wilson who produced a lot of his stuff, uh as well as John Hammond, released on Columbia Records on May 27th, 1963, considered folk and blues and I think it's just Bob Dylan and a guitar. I think there are, oh, there's a f- few people playing drums and bass, but it's mostly just Bob. This is before he went electric. Yeah. So this is what it says on allmusic.com. Uh, it's hard to overestimate the importance of the freewheeling Bob Dylan, the record that firmly established Dylan as an unparalleled songwriter, one of considerable skill, imagination, and vig- vision. At the time, folk had been uh, quite popular on college campuses and bohemian circles, making headway onto the pop charts in diluted form. And while there certainly were a number of gifted songwriters, nobody had transcended the scene as Bob Dylan did with this record. There are a couple very good covers with Karina Karina and Honey Just Allow Me One More Chance, but they pale with the originals here. At the time, the social protests received the most attention, and deservedly so, since Blowing in the Wind, Masters of War, and A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall weren't just specific in their targets. They were gracefully executed and even melodic. Although they've proven resilient through the years, if that's, uh, if that's all Freewheeling had to offer, it wouldn't have had its seismic impact. But this also revealed a songwriter who could turn out whimsy in Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, Gorgeous Love Songs, Girl from the North Country, and Cheerfully Absurdist Humor, Bob Dylan's Blues and Bob Dylan's Dream, with equal skill. This is rich, imaginative music, capturing the sound and spirit of America as much as that of Louis Armstrong, Hank Williams, or Elvis Presley. Dylan, in many ways, recorded music that equaled this, but he never topped it. So this is like, this is a classic among classic albums. Yeah. So uh, if you're, um, I want to encourage anybody who's listening to listen along with us. So we're going to listen to the first side of the album and then, uh, uh, and then we'll listen to the second side. So the uh, first side of the album ends with a hard rain's going to fall. So if you're listening along and we, I've linked the album on Spotify so you can listen along with us. So you can pause the pause the show and listen with us. And so we're going to get started here. The first song on the album is called is is blowing in the wind. Okay. So 
So here we go. Here's uh, the first song on the album called Blowing in the Wind. All right, so that concludes side one uh, with A Hard Rain's A Gonna Fall. I'm kind of surprised that there are, so far, just on the first side, there are so many classic Dylan songs, like Blowin', Blowin in the Wind, uh, Girl from the North Country, uh, and Hard's Rain's Gonna Fall. I mean, those three right there are like, if if people were like, only vaguely familiar with his music, they could probably name those songs. Yeah. Certainly blowing in the wind. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Masters of War. That's a great song. Yeah. Uh I, I like Down on the Highway. I, I thought that was sort of an interesting take uh, on the blues that he did. Um interesting sort of guitar part that he did on there. Yeah, it wasn't typical blues. It was like um it was like this riff of this like and then he would ling on the guitar every like every line he would do that which was really cool and yeah that was cool yeah i thought that was pretty cool and and it's a song that i wasn't previously that familiar with so i thought that was kind of cool yeah and um i was just looking like how old was he when he recorded this and he was like he was 21 he was like he his voice. I know everybody goes on about Bob Dylan's voice, but whatever. But like his voice—that's not the voice of a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. His voice sounds a lot more uh, mature and um, seasoned, I guess. Ex- seasoned, yes, that's a good word. I was going to say experienced, but I think seasoned's better. What I liked about this. I liked that I'm sure like in the other songs that are coming, there's going to be more, more of a band situation. But like what I liked about this is I know that it's not where he recorded this, but it felt like he was just, it sounded like he was just sitting on the edge of his bed playing these songs. Like it's just him and a guitar and a harmonica, you know, strapped around his neck and it's, it's just him. And I can, I know that, I don't, okay, well, I don't know that for sure, but it sounds like these were all recorded in one take because in Down the Highway, when he was doing that, that riff on the guitar and then like ringing out the strings, I could hear the guitar going out of tune a little bit each time he did that. <laughs> so it's like he's, he's doing it, he's, that must have been at least that one was all in one take, if not all of them. Could be, and you know, not edited together or anything like that. So, I mean, it they may have been, but it it doesn't feel like it it was, and I think that's the point. I think what they did was they just laid down different tracks. I mean, I, I don't know if it was the first take, but I I doubt it was first take or I don't know maybe some some of them were or anything, but I'm sure it was just one take, just one track these these songs i don't think there was uh, a lot of extra you know cutting and splicing in the uh going on in the production of this particular record no i mean because all it is like all you want to hear is just him and a guitar i mean that's all you know that's all it is really and and um so yeah it, it feels like he's just you know sitting in his house 
you know, with a cup of coffee and just, you know, playing these songs on a guitar just all the way through. Like, it sounds like he's just, I know it wasn't recorded that way, but it sounds like he's just playing the songs, you know, it's just, you're, you're over at his house, you're visiting him and he's just playing them in front of you. So uh, that was, that's really cool. Cause I've, I've listened to Bob Dylan a lot, but I haven't really heard him this way, which is sort of um, like I've listened to a lot of the later stuff, like obviously the like Blonde on Blonde and and uh, Highway 61, where the production sort of got a little more elaborate. But I've never really listened to a lot of the early stuff. So it's cool to hear this guy that I've listened to a lot, just that sort of intimacy. Um, and just like, oh, he's going to, we got to listen because he's going to tell us something, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's funny. I've definitely seen the record around and I never thought to pick it up. I, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think maybe it's one of those things where you appreciate as you get older. Maybe. Whereas, yeah, okay, Highway 61 it's a fun rock album. It's got some, you know, it's got some interesting lyrics, but then you sort of, you don't move away from that, but you go, okay, so what, what else is there? And so you listen to, you start expanding and, you know, you eventually get to the early Dylan where it's just him. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear that sort of context. Uh, But anyway, uh, I guess we'll move on to the uh, second side of the album. Uh, and this is, this is a song that I am familiar with as well. Another classic, uh, it's called don't think twice. It's all right. All right. Wrapping up the album with I shall be free. Very interesting album. Yeah. The second side was definitely a little bit, uh, I think it was a little bit more experimental. Yeah, a little more experimental, a little lighter, I guess, in in terms of the, the subject matter he's singing about, a little more sense of humor. Yeah, I think the second half is, yeah, where he was sort of maybe testing out ideas or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the songs were just kind of stream of consciousness, like the last one, I Shall Be Free, and um, talking World War Three blues. Just sort of writing whatever comes to mind, you know. They're not really about anything, just kind of whatever thought pops into his head, that's what... They're all about the thought process, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, given, like, we, what we know about Dylan now, and, but people, I know this is considered his... Like, well, everybody always cites kind of the freewheel and Bob Dylan. I've, like, everybody says that this is his best album. I, you know, I can see why they, they say that this is his, his best album, that this is, you know, the, because this is his, like, before he went electric, but this is like the pure Dylan, you know? Whether or not it's his absolute best album, I think uh, it's got some of his best songs on it, for sure. But yeah, as far as his best album, for me, I think uh, Blonde on Blonde is up there with his best albums. I, I I like that period of his stuff. It's a very strong second effort, too. Second album coming out of the gate. It's This is one one-two punch that's, that'll take anybody out of the knees. Yeah, well, his, I guess, I don't know, like, what... 
I guess I don't even know what was on his first album. Uh, mostly covers. Wow. Okay. And then he, and then just from there, he just like bloomed as a songwriter because the next album uh, is the times they are changing, and that came out a year after this. So he pretty much put out like in the '60s, he was putting out an album every year, um, if not two. So that's like pretty impressive. And I guess once the floodgates open and you start writing, you just, I guess it and really, I guess writing is like anything. Once you start doing it and practice at it, you just, you know, you just get better for this to be the second album. And it's already got three or four classic songs that, you know, people already, most people know that's really impressive especially at such a young age. I don't know of another songwriter that could say that. Not quite, not quite as young, as legendary as, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable achievement. It was a fun listen. Um, I particularly liked, um, I thought Oxford Town was a really cool song. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I also noticed that uh, Karina Karina, when he did that one, that's, I think that's, the only track where you could hear a dr- um some drums and and a little bit of a stand up bass in it. I was just actually reading about the recording process. He recorded this, I guess, in chunks. So some of it was recorded April twenty fourth and twenty fifth, and October sixteenth and no October sixteenth, November first and fifteenth in nineteen sixty two. And then April 24th, 1963, and he recorded it, I guess, all over the place. So he recorded it, part of it in New York, um, part of it in England. It wasn't a let's sit down, make a record sort of a deal. It was let's sit down, record a song because I have a song ready. Yeah. And it was recorded over the course of a year, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking when he did the first album, there was he had um, original material, but they didn't put it on the first record for whatever reason. And uh, so he had all this extra stuff to put on their second album. When, this, when the first album did really well, he thought, well, maybe if I put some of my originals together. Well, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I bet what happened is the record company, like folk music in the early 60s, or at that time, a lot of it was covers. You know, you had all of these traditional folk songs that, you know, if you're a folk artist, you have to record. And I guess that's probably the record company saying, you know, you have to do this. This is, you know, you're going to record this. And I guess then he just said, well, on my second album, I'm going to record my own stuff. I'm I'm just guessing, but that probably is what happened could be i'm 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 guessing the the success of the first record gave him permission to do uh, to have more freedom on his second album and uh, there's a lot of freedom in the second album you can you can hear it like the stream of consciousness songs and whatnot whatnot in there yeah and and you know calling two songs one one's bob dylan's blues and the other one's bob dylan's dream and you know just playing with the titles and yeah, it is like just kind of like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know. Though I've noticed uh, like Bob Dylan's known for having some pretty strange titles to some of his songs. 
these are mostly pretty straightforward titles um, on this album. Um, I Shall Be Free is a little bit of a strange title for that last song, but because uh, I don't think he says it once in it. But yeah, that that's nothing next to some of the other ones that came along later. They're almost Salvador Dali-esque, some of the titles. So anyway, I guess the question is, would you listen to this again? Oh, probably. Yes, I would too. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always what, I think, what I'm thinking about when we review these albums. Would I listen to this again? And, you know, being a, a, that I'm already a Bob Dylan fan, yeah, absolutely I would. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be my first choice as a Bob Dylan album. It would probably be Blonde on Blonde or Highway 61. But yeah, definitely if I'm in the mood. I guess Blonde on Blonde of that period is sort of like Saturday night. And this is like Sunday morning. You know, it just depends on what mood you're in, right? So, but yeah, that's, I, I would, uh, I would put this up there as one of his best albums. Yeah, I think so. Definitely put it, it, it it's a classic just because of some of the, the things that are on it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, end the show there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, uh, you can check us out at polyphonicpress.com. You can, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us a line, just to go to the contact page and send us a, a message and, and uh, maybe we'll read it on the show. And um, you can, uh, if you feel inclined, you can also help us out on Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash polyphonic press. You can get lots of cool perks there. And, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.